day, guys. Back here live once again in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Today is currently Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. We're sitting here knocking on the doorstep of the NBA draft. It is exactly a week away. Um, it's kind of a weird time and everything to have the NBA draft. I'm joined once again, though, to break down all these prospects of what's going to happen on draft night with Ben Gorowitz. Ben, say what's up to everybody. Yeah, a little switch up for everyone. Not college football or NFL anymore. Let's get some basketball talk going. I texted Ben. I was like, you ready to do this mock draft podcast? He's like, shoot, I got to flip my brain a little bit from baseball season to football season. I mean, I mean, a basketball season. It's such just like a weird time of year. Like, I was just telling my roommate, I was like, dude, I'm about to have to be cranking out podcasts. Probably like maybe some nights we'd be cranking out too, like today or you know, it's you got to go ahead and get everything out there. It's tough too because I mean, we don't want to sit there and record one podcast that goes on for an hour and a half and cover like six sports on there. No, I mean, and you know, the World Series happened, and then my mind was getting off baseball a little bit, and then I get the alert on my phone that the MVP is being announced. I think it's either, I think it's tomorrow. I want to say, um, it's either tonight, tomorrow, or Friday. It's 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 something this week, the end of this week, and then I'm like, well. Got to cheer on Freddie Freeman again. I'm back on baseball. And then, you know, I get the text from you. Hey, you want to do a mock NBA? I'm like, yeah, the NBA is about to start soon. Let's get back into it. So glad the NBA is starting just to uh, add to the end of football season. A little bit shortened season, though. I'm right there with you, Ben. Um, hopefully they announce the MVP before we do, do the um, betting podcast on Friday because that would be nice if we could, you know, lead into it with a little bit of MVP talk. And whatnot, what's going on in the MLB. But first off, Ben, before we get into it, obviously everyone knows it's going to be a shortened offseason. So the draft is next Wednesday. Then after that, free agency starts exactly three days later. Um, and then training camps start on the 1st of December. So not really much time. These teams pretty much have like two, three weeks or honestly two weeks pretty much to put a roster together and get ready for the 2020 um, 2021 season. Um, ben, you think this shortened start time will hurt these rookies and their player development? I do a little bit. Uh, you know, I think there's certain players that you get in the NBA draft where you look at them and you're just like, these boys are just ready to play basketball. I mean, they're ready to play in the NBA. I mean, I think we can look at players like Anthony Edwards when he was at Georgia. I mean, he, he's already good size for the NBA. Uh, the athleticism is clearly NBA ready. Um, it, you sometimes just have the talent that just jumps off the page. But that's not going to be everyone that's going to be selected in this draft. I mean, you have two uh, big-name prospects that are not even coming – I mean, they're from the United – well, one's from the United States, but LaMelo Ball didn't even play college basketball in the United States. So there's not a lot on him. I mean, there's you can you can watch all the tape you want from uh, all the leagues he's played in since he was a, you know, a young, young teenager, but it's not the same as the NBA. So teams really got to make a decision where – you know, he's got all of this potential. I, I really think if you were to ask me who's got the most potential, I, I think the answer is LaMelo Ball. I think six foot seven guy that can handle the rock, pass it like he does, you can't teach some of the things that his body, his height is just going to allow him to do. I mean, he's going to be bigger than most people that he uh, will be guarded by, and he's skilled enough as a score to get it done. It's just going to come down to can he execute a little bit better than his brother, to be honest with you. Because I think uh, Lonzo, I think Lonzo Ball's got all the all the intangibles that you need. He just hasn't gotten to click, I would say. But Lamelo's supposed to be a little bit better, and he's got a real chance at this number one spot. 
play that. I think LaMelo Ball is a lot kind of like Trey Young was coming in the draft. I said if this guy's game actually ends up translating into the NBA, that he has a chance to be one of the best players in the league. And I think it's the same thing with LaMelo once again. If his game translates into the NBA, he's going to be an absolute freak. I mean, he's a six seven point guard, for crying out loud. I definitely think, though, it's going to be tough for some of these prospects. You know, you see some guys come over who are ready to go ahead and play in the NBA. Some of these guys, you know, are going to be sophomores, juniors, and in high school, or, I mean, from college, that played a little bit more ball. I definitely think some of these guys, too, that are younger and a little bit more raw and it takes some developing to do, these guys might see their butts parked in the G League for a lot of the season and have to deal with that. So I definitely know from what I've been listening to, that's been one of the big things that a lot of these teams have been asking these guys, are you okay with spending time in the G League? Like, might have to stash you down there. I think there could be a lot of sloppy rookie play at the beginning, but we'll look for these guys to get better the second half of the season. That's really what I always look for is how the, the is, season goes. Is the G League talk that you're talking about? I mean, do people think these lottery picks will be in there? Because that, I mean, you don't take a guy in the, you don't take a kid in the lottery if you're not, if you don't plan on playing him. In my opinion, right? That's like a waste of a pick. I mean, you want immediate impact out of your lottery guys. Yeah, I mean, you like you said, you don't plan on your lottery guys playing in the G League. Sometimes it's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know. But no, I agree with you. I think most of these guys we're about to talk about today, you don't really plan on them spending much time down in the down the G League. You expect these guys to be getting most of their times with the big boy club. Um, let's go ahead, though, and get into the, kind of the mock here, and we'll start off with the number one pick. I'm going to give my pick, and Ben's going to say if he agrees or disagrees, kind of give you all who he thinks they should take instead. We'll kind of talk about the prospect as well that we have going in that slot and why. Um, first, I'm going to go with that here at the number one pick. Look, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't think this guy's the best player in the, in the draft. I think there's a lot of questions about his game. I think he has a lot of holes in his game, things he needs to fix, but... I'm going to go with Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, shoot, small forward shooting guard from the University of Georgia going here to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I just think he makes the most sense here for the Wolves. I mean, they have D'Angelo Russell. You could argue Russell plays shooting guard. You could argue he plays point guard. I just don't see them taking Wiseman here. They don't really need a center. I think Cat's your prototypical center in this NBA. Kind of a, I mean, obviously he's more of a power forward, but I think he can play the center position. That's where he needs to be at in this NBA today. Also, too, I just feel like that LaMelo Ball, I mean – I could definitely see a team trading up here to take LaMelo Ball at number one. I've heard a lot of noise about that. I also wouldn't be shocked if that's who the Wolves ended up wanting. I just feel like that Anthony Edwards for them is the safer pick. I personally think, though, Anthony Edwards has a chance to either be Paul George or the next Andrew Wiggins. I lean more on the Andrew Wiggins side. We'll see what happens, though. What do you think, Ben? I agree with you that I don't think Wiseman gets picked number one overall. Um, I agree with that Carl Anthony Towns is – just fine to play the center position. Uh, he's a big, strong dude. Um, I'm actually going to say, uh, and, we're, and we're, by the way, just for everyone listening, we're going to assume that we don't know when trades will happen. Um, I actually think LaMelo Ball will go number one overall. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a guard-driven league, and if you can pair up uh, someone of LaMelo's potential with D'Angelo Russell, who's who, by the way, just proved – that he could play off the ball. I mean, it was small sample size when he was in Golden State, but him and Steph Curry were fine together. I don't think there was any issues there. I mean, Steph Curry didn't play a lot of games, but I, I, I don't think uh, Russell – I think he would prefer to have the ball in his hands, but I think LaMelo and I think uh, Russell can play off the ball. My worry my worry with them would be their defense from the guard position. I don't know if LaMelo will be able to stop uh, the NBA guards in his rookie season. Um, and Russell is not known for defense. So I think it's a little bit of a liability, but offensively, I think you pair these two together and 
you know, I, I think you can have something really special with, uh, you know, the three, the three, uh, the three core with Carlite Towns, Russell, and uh, Lamella Ball. You know, I think if they don't take Edwards here, that that's who they'll end up taking is Ball if they don't use that pick on on uh, Anthony Edwards. Which I mean, I would love to see that honestly, Lamelo play with them. I think Lamelo. I mean, if I had the number one pick, that's who I'd go with. I just feel like that everything I've been reading and everything I've been seeing that they're going to end up going with Edwards here. And you know, I think Edwards too. I mean, they they basically have those open spots at the three and at the one. So I mean, Russell can kind of slide over and play that one for you. I feel like they have guys like Okogi, Culver, who's a younger guy that they might try have the fix their problems for him at the three spot and at that two spot. So we'll see what the Wolves end up doing. It's going to be fun to see them as a first team on the clock. I mean, it's also not out of the question, too, that they could trade the pick. They haven't – they've said they're also looking for that. So we'll see what the Wolves end up doing. They don't have the draft pick next year, so they're definitely trying to make the playoffs rather than – it's an unprotected pick that Golden State has. So, I mean, Golden State could be in a very good position. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a lot of pressure when you have the number one pick. Um, and that's the kind of – I'm not gonna, it's not a panic kind of pick, but I think at the end of the day, they're going to be pretty back and forth on maybe two or three of these guys. And I think when it's time to submit their ticket in to uh, Adam Silver for him to announce, I, I think they're just at the end of the day going to go with the guy that people think will be the most talented guy. And for me, I think that's LaMelo Ball potential-wise. But I think uh, if you want like an immediate impact, I think – Anthony Edwards might be the most NBA ready. Uh, I think his athleticism and his size and his two-way skills translate a little bit better, to be honest. I, I mean, he he's not going to be known for defense, but I think he's good enough at defense. I think he's going to try hard on the defensive end. Offensively, I mean, he can shoot. When he drives to the rim, I mean, it he can throw down some ferocious dunks. Um, so I, I think his athleticism – is a little notch above LaMelo's, but overall, LaMelo's passing game is sensational. The way he moves the ball is amazing, which makes him, you know, a very valuable asset to all these teams. I mean, it was kind of funny. I was watching – I told Ben to watch it too. There was like a little draft preview last night. It was kind of funny. He was throwing these baseball passes, and they were asking about him. He's like, yep, just, just what I've grown up doing. Like, you know, he's, a, he's all <laughs> natural at it. He's got that feel for the game. I personally think I agree with everything you said about Anthony Edwards. The thing is, I, he lacks consistency to me. There's sometimes where I watch him yeah. play and you hardly even know he's on the floor, and you can't do that when you're in the NBA, man. You got to be out there and be consistent. I feel like he's faded in and out sometimes. His jump shot was a little inconsistent for him. I mean, don't get me wrong, he was the only guy on his team, and the defense was definitely molded towards him. But I've seen tons of other guys who've gone number one overall in college that are in very similar situations to that that thrived in college. So that's just and here's. And here's the thing with I agree with you there. In college basketball, you can have one special guy in your team. And honestly, you should probably make the tournament. One guy can really get it done for you in college basketball. And Georgia was bad. And I don't know if that's more Tom Crean. Tom Crean is the kind of coach where he has recruited very well in his coaching career. Um, his big first job, I believe, was Marquette. And he brought in Dwayne Wade. Look how that turned out. He then went to Indiana and coached guys like Oladipo, Zeller, um, uh, who were the other? Um, uh, Christian Watford was great, a college player. So he's had talent, and he just doesn't do much with it. He got Anthony Edwards, didn't make, didn't even come close to making the tournament. I'm not even sure they finished above 500. Below 500 is kind of very piss poor about the dogs. Um, I also want to say this too: my big board very much differs from my actual draft board. Draft board is more. 
based off need rather than what my big board is. He's definitely not number one on my big board, but who is number – actually, I'll put him at number two on the big board, but I think he could end up being the best pro in this entire draft. Obviously, LaMelo Ball has more potential than he does, but I got the Golden State Warriors here at number two selecting power forward from Dayton, Obi Toppin. Look, I know a lot of people haven't been saying this on Toppin. I've seen Toppin going anywhere from the eight pick all the way down to the two pick. Um, I think Toppin's the best player in this draft. I think he's the most complete. I think he's the prototypical power forward you want in this league. He's big. He's long. He can shoot. He can dribble. He has amazing post moves. He can play defense. He can rebound. He can do every single thing you want your power forward to, not to mention the fact how athletic he is and the way he can dunk and rise and play above the rim. I think Obi Toppin's an absolute beast. He's only been playing basketball since he's 13. And I think he gives the Warriors the kind of guy they need. If you remember – the Warriors' best teams weren't when that they played big men. Their best team was when they had power forwards like this. When they played the small ball with Iguodala in there, I think he could be their new Iguodala to go along with Green and the other guys in there. I mean, I think this is what the Warriors got to do, man, is go out here, bring in Obi Toppin, make him their sixth man, and I think that makes gives the Warriors the kind of team they need. I think the Warriors would be stupid not to use this pick here. I think you always have to have one young guy you're developing, and this gives the Warriors a new young guy they're developing. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually going to disagree on this one. Uh, I think the Warriors – when they were really starting to be successful, it was – I mean, it, it's a different league than what it was then. But Andrew Bogut was a big proponent as a um, as a uh, inside um, threat, and he's blocking a lot of shots, contesting a lot of shots. I think if the Warriors take this pick, I think they go James Wise. I mean, they have enough offense. He's a guy that can also stretch the floor, which does benefit Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. They like to work with space. And honestly, I don't think as a rookie, if he, if the Warriors take Wiseman, that they're going to ask him to score that often. But they need a big body down low. Um, but he, Wiseman's not just a I – mean, he's not just a seven-footer. I mean, he's an athletic seven-footer. He can hit an elbow shot. He's working on a three-point game. I think he fits in real, real nice with his athleticism with Steph Curry. Um, he can set screens on the perimeter. He can roll. He can pop out for a jump shot. I think Steph Curry would have a lot of fun playing with an athletic big like James Wiseman. And I think it lets Draymond Green really focus on just being a defender. I don't, I mean, I think Draymond Green's a good passer. I think you want the ball in his hands. But I think James Wiseman can be a taller version of that. I mean, we saw James Wiseman in very, very limited sample size in college basketball. He deflects a lot of shots. It is hard to get a jump shot over that man. I think he need, he might need to put a little bit of weight on him uh, for the post-up game. But there's not many old-school big men anymore, so I don't think that's necessarily a disadvantage. I would I would go with Wiseman. It's a horrible pick. That's probably the second choice I would have had here over Toppin. I just feel like Toppin's the perfect fit, and he's the best player in this draft. I feel like the Warriors won't want to pass that up. But I agree with everything you said with Wiseman. You know, I think Wiseman comes into the league, and I think in two years he's already a top, you know, five big center in the league. He reminds me a lot of of um, DeAndre Ayton. Not necessarily that I think he's going to come in and be the most dominant player on the floor, but he's going to go out there and give you 12 rebounds, alter tons of shots, probably block two shots on the defensive end, and give you 20 points. See, the thing is, I just feel like the Warriors' best lineup was always when they played small. But, I mean, hey, drafting Wiseman and using him for 20 to 25 minutes a game is definitely going to be big time. And, I mean, he could grab so many rebounds. I agree with you. I don't think they can go wrong with either of those picks. I like the I like them to use either of those picks on Wiseman. I really think James Wiseman, though, will come in and be one of the best centers in the league. My other thing is, too, though, I just look at all these teams that win the championship, and not really any of them have a dominant center. You know, it's a guy who can pop out and hit big th- and hit threes. Like Anthony Davis, you know, has guard skills to go along with his post moves. 
I feel like that you want a guy like that if you're drafting this high because, you know, you don't really want to be stuck paying a max contract to a guy who might not be able to be on the floor for you at the end of the games. You need that guy like a Bam Adebayo who's a little more, you know, versatile and can do a lot for your team. I don't think Wiseman is as versatile as those guys are because those guys are more power forwards playing centers. But I think out of being a pure center, Wiseman will be one of the top five pure centers in the league. So at the same time, you arguably are being getting the most surefire thing you're going to get in the draft. I think Wiseman is even though he didn't play much in college, I think he's one of those surefire prospects in the whole draft. I agree. I mean, the center position isn't, you know, a ton of talent in the NBA. It's probably the weakest position. Um, I, I mean, there's a couple guys that are really, really good, elite, and I, I just think there's a real big drop-off at that center position. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think defense, I think uh, rebounding, and I think – a couple jump shots a game is really only what is really the Warriors ask of um, of Wiseman. I, I don't think they need him to score that much. That's what you got Steph and Clay for. So <clears throat> we'll see. Fun to watch what they do there with that pick. At the number three pick, I have the Charlotte Hornets taking James Wiseman. I don't want to sit here and break down Wiseman against we just did for like five minutes. Who do you have him taking, Ben? Yeah, I actually have uh, Anthony Edwards going here. Um, I think Charlotte really needs a score. I mean, they have – their point guards can, can score the rock. Devontae Graham was incredible last year. Did He either won most improved player or deserved it and got robbed. Um, you still have Terry Rozier on kind of a big contract. He's not as – he's not like – I don't label him as just like a playmaking score. I mean, I, I think Anthony Edwards – I mean, I know that they're going to be guard-heavy team, but – that's kind of the way the league is right now. I think Anthony Edwards can come in here and be a two-way scoring guard for them, and I think that's what they need. I I also think that if they were able to grab uh, Edwards, I think they I think they're starting to build a young core of players that can really work. I think Devontae Graham showed something special last year. I think he showed you he could score. His problem, like you mentioned, me is efficiency. But as the team gets better, he won't just be jacking up shots. Um. I, I like P.J. Washington from Kentucky. I think he's a solid player. Um, so I think Anthony Edwards would actually fit nicely here. If Anthony Edwards is there, I think that'd be a home run pick for the Hornets. I think their biggest holes is at center, and like you said, with another scorer, I actually wouldn't be opposed to moving Devontae Graham to the bench because I really like Miles Bridges, honestly. I think Miles I Bridges him. Yep. has a lot. I really like look for him to take his, um, his play you know, to the next level this upcoming season. So – you know, I think the Hornets have some cooking. If Anthony Edwards is there, they'd be stupid not to. You know, when you're a team like Charlotte, you need as much help as you can get. I feel like you just got to take talent. And at that point, if you can get a guy who's projected to go number one that falls down the board that much, I think it's a no-brain home run pick there for the Hornets at, at three to take him. Um, next up, let's move to the number four pick here. And this is Chicago Bulls picking. I think there's a lot of guys who you could take here if you're the Bulls. Look, I, I've honestly struggled to find who the Bulls are going to take here this pick. I ended up settling, though, on Killian Hayes, point guard, shooting guard out of France. From what I gather on Hayes is that he's a good young player, still needs to get a little bit better about playing off the ball, but he can create his own shot. He can create for the offense. I really like Kobe White and the way he can score. I think both these guys are kind of like that point guard, shooting guard mixture, and I think could play well because you're going to have Levine as your three. I mean, I like their big men, too, with marketing and with – um. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. I think the Bulls are kind of one player away, and I think Killian Hayes could be that rookie to throw in there. I think his game's going to take a little bit more time, though, to develop in the NBA and whatnot, but ultimately, 
I'm going to go with Killian Hayes here as the number four pick. I mean, it's it's really tough, though, to figure out what Chicago is going to do here. Yeah, so I'm actually going to slightly disagree on the Killian Hayes pick because I don't think the Bulls' number one need is a point guard. I, I think – you, I think you let it ride with Kobe, with Kobe White a little longer. I mean, it's only been a year. Um, and Zach Levine is a guy that just has the ball in his hand, so he kind of acts like that point guard. This is where I would go Obi Toppin. Um, but, it, it, you know, I, this it, – it just kind of depends on – if the Bulls want a little bit more of an offensive player and, and they're okay with giving up a little on defensive end, then I think the kid from Israel is a pick here. Um, I also think you could see Isaac Akura, uh, Akura from Auburn here. But I would go Obi Toppin. He gives you a little bit better than the other two guys on the offensive and defensive end. I agree with you on Obi Toppin. I mean, you've broken down. I'm not going to go in depth. But I think his size, I think if he figures out how to use his body, I think, that's gonna, I think it could be a tremendous advantage for Obi Toppin. And... I think Chicago could just use a tough-minded kid like this. This is a kid who's going to die for loose balls. He's going to play uh, in the defense, whether you ask him to do the perimeter or, or guard on the perimeter or in the post. I think I, I, you could ask this kid to do anything. I think he'll do it. So I think Obi Toppin uh, here. Either if he's there, I think he'd be a home run pick for Chicago, and I think he'd fit well with this team and everything. They could play him at the three or the four. Or honestly, even be their sixth man. So, you know, I, I honestly like that pick, Ben. I definitely can't disagree with you there at that one. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Bulls do here. I could even see them pick the guy who I have going at number five to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is Dingy Adabji. And he is um, small forward. He is um, he's from Israel, I believe. And yep. he's a guy, you know, who's also pretty raw. He can shoot. He can dribble. You know, he can do it all as a small forward. He's got good length as well for defense. I've seen a lot of highlights of how good his defense is and how hard he plays on that end, which is something you want to see out of a prospect like that. The Cavs, they already have their one and two punch with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And Sexton honestly took his score into the next level this season and became the score I thought he would be. I know you're a big Sexton guy too since he's Alabama. I was a huge Sexton fan coming out, and I thought that he was one of the most NBA-ready guys in that class. He showed a lot of potential. I think this would be a good pick for the Cavs to take a small forward. It's the Cavs team who looks to be in the lottery again as 2021 is shaping up to be another one of those super draft classes. I think he'd be a good prospect pick and a guy for the Cavs to develop as the season goes on. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I really like their guards. I, I mean, I, I think Sexton showed unbelievable strides last season. He proved last season that he can be a scorer in this league. Um, I think Garland will have a good season too as well. Uh, he was a guy that was a five-star, went to Vandy, and unfortunately just got hurt and was going to be out for the year. So he didn't play much in college. I think the more playing time he gets in the NBA, the more he'll get used to it. So – I think the Cavs either need a playmaking wing, which uh, the prospect you just mentioned from Israel is that. I also think I'm just scared they're going to take a – this would be a reach. But that true freshman, I, you're going to have to help me with his name, but the, the kid from USC who's the center. Um, Onyaka Okongwu. If that's his name, let's go with that. I think it would be a reach to get right here, but they're going to have to move on from Tristan Thompson eventually. I mean, I, I would, I would even try and trade Tristan Thompson to more of a contending team because I think he could help a contending team. 
plays good defense. He rebounds well, specifically in the offensive rebounding end. I think the Cavs will be back in the lottery, so I don't think this pick they take will help them that much for the immediate impact. Um, look, I, I could definitely see them taking him. I've heard lots of good things about um, – on Kong Wu, I mean, I've heard, I've honestly heard that he moves really well with the ball. I mean, he averages 19 and 12 in college basketball, which I mean is pretty, really good numbers. I've heard so many great things. I've even heard rumors that playoff teams want to move into the lottery to move up and take him with how move well he moves without the ball in his hands. Um, I think it would be a great pick here for the Cavs. And you know, yeah, they have Andre Drummond, but Andre Drummond is not the permanent solution there for a big man. I could definitely see them taking one of the. I think they'll take one of those two guys there. I actually think that's a really good choice right at you right there. So it'll be fun to see how that plays out there with Cleveland at the five pick. They're probably still a draft or two away from being ready to compete once again. Um, let's move here now to the number six pick. Um, this is my Atlanta Hawks. To be honest with you guys, I really don't think the Hawks will end up making a pick here. I think this pick will be traded one way or another. I'm not going to speculate who I think it will be traded for. Let's say though the Hawks do pick a pick here. I think they're going to take Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State, point guard, shooting guard. Look, I personally, he didn't play that much in college. I still have a lot of question marks about Halliburton, but I think he could end up being the right guy. He's a high IQ guy, knows how to move the basketball. He's long, he's athletic, he can play off the ball. That's a big thing to me is he can play off the ball, but also he can get his own shot too. I think he could be a great guy with his 6'5 size and length to be able to help Trey Young on the defensive end and to bring a lot to the table for this Hawks team. I'm going to go with Halliburton here at this pick. What do you think, Ben? I, I like the pick. Um, he's a guy that I mean, he has a funky shooting motion. I mean, it's it's ugly. It's as ugly as it gets. That's not his game. I mean, his his game. He can get to the rim, but he he's a he's a playmaker with the ball in his hand. He's got good vision. He passes the ball well. I like that you brought up his IQ. His coach in college talked about that a lot in interviews. This guy plays hard on the defensive end. He's long. I mean, this this is a. This is a dude that you want guarding the perimeter players. He's got the long arms. He's got the uh, he's got the size. He moves well. He slides the feet well. I think he I think his game is really on the defensive end. That's where his strength is. I think it would be uh, a good guy to kind of bring off the bench and kind of maybe try and help Trey Young uh, on the defensive end a little bit because that's really Trey's weakest point. I don't really think Trey will get that much better throughout his career on defense. I also think Isaac Okuro from Auburn is a solid pick if the Hawks keep this pick. He's another guy that plays hard on the defensive end, long arms. I think you want that for steals, for pass deflections to jump in, uh, to jump into the um, the passing zone. That's not the right word for it, but that's what I'm going to call it. Um, and I don't think the Hawks necessarily need a guy to come in and score. I think the Hawks have enough scores. I mean, they have Trey Young's one of the best scorers in the league. They have Kevin Herter, uh, who's uh, you know a jump shooter. They just drafted DeAndre Hunter, who's kind of a two-way player um, last season, and then Cam Reddish. So I think guard-wise, I know that you can maybe call DeAndre a small forward, but guard-wise, I, I don't think they need much scoring, to be honest with you. So I think both of these guys, Okura or um, Halliburton, I think they fit well. They, they're on the defensive end, and I think that's what the Hawks need. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely on all that. I actually had as my next, like, players up besides Halliburton as Okoro or Devin Vassell, possibly even Patrick Williams. So I like that. I feel like the Hawks need a guy who's going to bring defense and three-pointers. That's kind of what they're trying to throw in there and everything. Next up, number seven, I this is finally where I have LaMelo Ball going for the Pistons. I'm going to go ahead and say this, though. 
LaMelo Ball is on the board still and makes all the way to seven to the Pistons. I only put him here just because the Cavs, Hawks, and Bulls all obviously don't really need a point guard. And even the Hornets, I don't really, you know what I mean? I just felt like that he fell all the way down the board here just by based off need. I think a team will 150% trade up for LaMelo Ball and draft LaMelo Ball within the top four picks. I think if he makes it to Chicago and Chicago doesn't want him, Chicago will trade that pick and move back in the draft. I think LaMelo Ball comes off the board. I don't, th- I don't, let's put it this way. I don't think he makes it outside of the top five. And I agree with everything we were saying at the beginning where we think he's the highest, um, like level prospect in this draft. I just think the Pistons need a lot. I mean, they really don't have anything. Yeah, they have Blake Griffin. They have Luke Kennard. That's pretty much about it. I mean, this team is pretty much hitting the full-on reset button. I think LaMelo Ball would be the perfect guy here to help him out. I'm going to keep this short and simple. The Detroit Pistons simply need everything. I, I Whoever the best player available is, um, I, I've seen Killian Hayes a couple of times. I've seen Okora. I, I don't think either of those players make much of an impact on a team like this. Pistons, if you take best player available, they honestly, I don't think they have, they don't have anything to trade up in this draft unless someone wants Blake Griffin and his contract. I don't think these teams above them are going to want to pay Blake Griffin that big contract. Simply put, best player available, Pistons should take. You put it the best way it can, Ben. There's a lot of guys you they, they can pick here. Pretty much picking anybody makes this team better automatically, so... A lot to do with the Pistons this offseason. Up next, we have the number eight pick, which is the New York Knicks. This is where I landed Isaac Okoro. Look, I don't think there's really that franchise-changing player here for the Knicks. The Knicks kind of have a couple guys that they're shuffling around. I think the Knicks are still at the point where they have to try to just acquire as much talent as possible. Obviously, they've been linked to Russell Westbrook a little bit as well. Um, Garbage. Yeah, I think that'd be a stupid trade for him. I think the Knicks need to take a Coro here and build for next draft slash 2021 free agency. You just keep on stockpiling talent. You can get, land maybe one or two of these top free agents, then trade like the, whoever they take in this draft and RJ Barrett to bring in a third guy, you know, to have a big three. I think the Knicks have to bank on something like that as much as we said it a thousand times. And they're probably going to have a top pick against the next draft. I'd go with a Coro here. Just go ahead and give them defense and just keep building. I. I mean, the Knicks are kind of like the Pistons. They they need as much help as they can get. I I really do not like the roster for the Knicks. I don't think R.J. Barrett, and I hope I'm wrong about this, because I, I, you know me, I love lefties. I, I don't think R.J. is good enough to be a number one on a team. I, I don't think he scores the ball effectively enough. I don't think he shoots the ball consistently enough. I don't think he plays defense, really. I mean, I, I think he's good. I don't think he'll ever be great. I got to be honest with you, I absolutely hate um, oh, I'm already forgetting his name. Um, Knox from Kentucky. What's his first name? Yeah, Kevin Knox. Yeah, I absolutely hate him. I don't think he does anything positive on the basketball floor. Can't score. I don't think he creates his own shot very well. I mean, best player available for the Knicks. Honestly, the way that the Knicks the Knicks draft, I I could see them taking Precious, the kid from Memphis, just because the Knicks probably will draft him based on his name. I think I think R.J. Barrett definitely needs more development. If they want him to be their franchise player, he is not ready. Yeah, uh, see, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I think they got I think they got a lot of building left to do in New York, and I know they were very disappointed when they got pulled out as that number eight pick in the draft. Almost as disappointed as I was the Hawks at six, but still, I'll take it where we're at. 
All right, at number nine, this is where I have a Kong Wu going. I think the Wizards, I mean, the Wizards, it's no secret. They've had the worst defense in the NBA the last two years. I think a Kong Wu helps a lot of that by giving them a big man who can do a lot. Also, they're going to have John Wall and Bradley Beal handling the ball for them. I personally think that he fits well with them. John Wall's a high IQ player, a guy who's good at getting other people involved, lots of people involved. I think a Kong Wu can benefit from playing a guy like that who can use his, him to the best of his abilities. That's where I'm going with the Wizards at number nine. Yeah, and if he wasn't picked when, you know, I don't think he'll be picked at uh, four or five when I said he might be. I think if he's available, I agree. I think you take him here. Um, I mean, every team, you need some you need some big man to hold down the paint for you because if you don't have anyone that's a threat in the paint, people are just going to go to the basket on you all day long. And I think their guards, I mean, honestly, they have two of the better duo guards in the league between John Wall and Bradley Beal. Those guards can really do everything. I mean, Bradley Beal scores the ball with some of the best guys in the league. John Wall is a freak in terms of athleticism. His jump shot has really improved since he's uh, been a rookie. But he, I mean, he he gets to the basket. He's quicker than everyone. Uh, I, I they need a they really need a big man. I think they really need a lockdown defender. So I, I'm going to agree with you on this pick. The Wizards need a lot. Defense would be the best place to start for them. That's what I like them doing there. Number 10, I have the Suns, personally. This is where we can jump it in here now, Ben. The Suns have been linked to trading for Chris Paul. Before we get into the draft pick here, if you're the Suns, would you throw this draft pick in, and also would you trade for Chris Paul? Yes. And I know that Chris Paul's contract comes with a lot of money, and I know that acquiring Chris Paul for the Phoenix Suns does not – I mean, they're not going to win the championship with them. But – when you're as bad of a franchise as the Phoenix Suns have been, really since D'Antoni days, since Nash and Stoudemire, you have to take small victories. That small victory, Devin Booker put it uh, plain and simple. Make the playoffs, and we'll see what we can do from there. They made the bubble um, to have a chance at the playoffs, and Devin Booker went off. He literally did as much as one player could possibly do and they just missed the playoffs, but that's just because the start was so bad. So I think if you start with Chris Paul, I think Devin Booker goes he, – he's still their number one scorer, still the number one player, but he's technically their number two on the team because Chris Paul usually has the ball in his hands. And I think that's where Devin Booker could really thrive. And I think you get the threesome of Chris Paul and his veteran leadership, and he's still very, very good. You mix that with Devin Booker's shooting ability, and you mix that with DeAndre Ayton. I think you had something cooking here. In Phoenix, I would trade for them. I, I think Chris Paul would make a thousand times more of an impact than any rookie that you take here. If they can't land Chris Paul, this is where I would go Killian Hayes. I, I think you need a point guard that has the playmaking ability that can work with Devin Booker. That's who I would go with, but it, it should be Chris Paul or bust. It really should. Ben, I think the same thing. You just got to go ahead and get things moving, man. Go ahead and get in the playoffs. Like you said, I'm all about judging teams by their top three. That would be if the Suns were able to go out and get a guy like Chris Paul. Also, too, he changes the entire culture from a losing culture. He kind of gives them that winning culture and a different mentality. I think he'd be a great guy to have on this team and change things up for this roster, who also is going to get Kelly Oubre Jr. back as well. Um, I actually went with Devin Vassell here. I also was considering Cole Anthony just because, like you said, you know they kind of need a point guard. I think that they're going to go more, though, with 
their you know their kind of uh, score here that's gonna go or there's their three and D wing. I think Vassell is gonna be one of the top three and D wings in the entire league. I think drafting him here is the perfect fit. Yeah, I, and I like Vassell. Um, obviously, that's that's your guy being from uh, Florida State. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on who's on the board at this point. I mean, I don't know when Isaiah Okoro, if he's going to be picked before. I like Vassell. I like Precious here. I like these same guys, you know, anywhere from the 10 to like the 14 spot. I think you can really interchange them. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. Hey, love that. Love that. I think Vassell's a great fit pretty much for any team that needs 3 and D. I think he'll be one of the best 3 and D players in the entire league. When he gets there um, next up at number 11, I have the San Antonio Spurs selecting Patrick Williams, small forward from Florida state. Also, I have them both my guys going back to back. I've actually heard great things about Patrick Williams. First off, Leonard Hamilton said he's never heard someone step in. And when they ask the players like what they want to get better at, say they want to get better at the defensive end. He said Patrick Williams is one of the smartest players he's played with. If you watch Patrick Williams, he's really good in pick and pop situations. He can shoot the three ball. He's athletic. He can stretch the floor. I don't think he'll come in and be a star, but I think he'll be a great role player. He can really fit in well and will play hard for you night in, night out, and give you great defensive intensity. I think he's a good player to come in and set the tone in this new San Antonio who's gonna ha- who has to replace DeMar DeRozan this offseason. Yeah, and a rookie is is simply not going to place DeMar DeRozan. Um, I'm I'm getting nervous that the that we're going to see a downhill trend, kind of like what we're seeing with the Patriots right now with the Spurs. Um, I I think they could go an assortment of ways. I mean, I, if they want to go, you know, to add a shooter, I hate saying this, but. You could reach for Ty, for uh, Tyrese Maxey. You you could reach. I mean, if they need a shooter. I mean, first of all, I don't think there's such thing as a reach when Popovich picks you. I think he can really turn any prospect to to the way he wants him to play. If Vassell is not picked by the Suns, uh, I think that's a no brainer pick for San Antonio. To be honest with you, uh, yeah. So I, I think the Spurs can. I mean, they can. They can do a lot with this pick. I wouldn't be shocked even if they traded it to try and get more of an NBA-ready kind of player. But I like Devin Vassell uh, from Florida State, your guy. 6'7", I think he shoots the ball well. I think he would fit well into this uh, Popovich system for who knows how long Pop's going to be there for. Yeah, see, I agree with you completely, Ben. I think that Devin Vassell would be a home run player here for them to pick. I don't know if he'll still be on the board or not, but if he is, I don't think they can go wrong with it. I've really seen, like, I've heard so many good things about Patrick Williams. I've also heard that he might even find his way into the top 10 here in this draft. So, good things from both FSU guys. I think they'll both obviously be off the board in the lottery one way or another. Um, Up next is the 12th pick here of the Sacramento Kings. This is a team that kind of took two steps backwards from their 2019 campaign into their 2021 campaign. Obviously, they're looking to get things back on track. Call me crazy, but I actually think that Aaron Neesman could be one of the or Neesmith could be one of the players that is kind of you know getting a sleeper on the sport. This guy who averaged over twenty points per game in college could absolutely fill it up. He got injured, so we didn't see to see him play to the full of his potential. This guy's a walking bucket though, and I think he can really change things if he were to come in here for the Kings and possibly even be that third star they could have. I mean, they need Bagley to be healthy and be out there on the court. If they can get him out there with everything else they have, could be a really good team. There's a couple of guys I think that fit this spot for the Kings. They, I mean, they they need a guy that, that can play some defense. To be honest with you, they need a they need a. I think they do need a small forward or kind of a smaller version of a power forward. 
Um, he's going to have to play some defense. So I like that pick from Vandy. Uh, I also like the kid from Villanova, uh, the six foot eight kid, Sadiq yep. Bay. Uh, I like that pick, and I, I, I've been throwing his name around because I don't know where he's going to land, but I still like Precious um, from uh, Memphis. I mean, highly yeah. regarded freshman going into college. I think he fits here. I also think Patrick uh, Williams. from I haven't had him go yet from Florida State. I think all four of those guys really fit the bill here. Hey, I agree with you completely on that, Ben. I just like I just like Neesmith, and I think he actually has a chance to be, end up being an All Star. I mean, this is a guy who was hit, who was shooting, um, or excuse me, he was making uh, four point three three pointers per game. So I mean, he can bomb three. Shot fifty two point two percent. I really think that I mean, if he didn't get hurt, he might we might be talking about him going in the top like six in this draft. That's how good I think he is. So that's something to keep your eye off out for there. Here at number thirteen, I've got your boy coming off the board point guard from Alabama, Kyra Lewis. Look, I like the way Lewis plays a lot. He's fast. He can pass the ball. He's a really, really good scorer at pushing the ball down the floor. I think he can come in here and take minutes as the backup point guard and ultimately take Lonzo Ball's job. I think the Pelicans are still a young team who are looking to keep building on what they did last season. I think he'd fit in well with Zion and uh, Brandon Ingram, and I think he could even end up, like I said, being that starting point guard here. I really like Lewis's outlook in the NBA, and I think if he went to New Orleans, a team that plays fast, that he could fit in really well. So, their point guards right now are Lonzo and who? Do they have a guy? I'm, I'm trying to think. I can't remember who their backup point guard is. But to be honest with you, I'm so far out on Lonzo. Lonzo cannot shoot. To me, he's Lonzo's a guy I'd rather have off the bench or kind of have, you know, with four other shooters around him. I just... I'm not, I'm not a huge Alonzo guy, to be honest with you, and it's not that I dislike him or anything. I just don't really think his game translates well. Um, So they do have Drew Holiday who can play a little point guard. He's probably going to end up getting traded here. Frank yeah. Jackson is currently the next the next guy with a point guard listing on his roster. Him and Alonzo are the only two. And who's listed as center for them? They have Jackson Hayes who they just drafted. Do they have another guy? Yeah, they have Jaleel Okafor, and then I believe Derek Favors is an unrestricted free agent, so they could bring him Okay. Back. So I was going to say if I didn't know they had – uh, before still, I was gonna say I don't mind Isaiah Stewart pick here. Um, freshman, big guy out of Washington. I think he was fourth in the country in block shots, but I, I think the need for a point guard is 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 evident. Um, there's a lot of good point guards you can take, to be honest with you, but I don't I don't think Cassius Winston really translates that much. To the NBA, to be honest with you, I don't love Nico Mannion's game, to be honest with you. I like Kyra. Um, I like him a lot. I really also like the Malachi Flynn uh, from San Diego State, a, a dude that has a tremendous uh, assist to uh, turnover ratio in college, high IQ guy, comes from a, a good basketball school in San Diego State. But I'm, I'll, do, I'll agree with you for now because I think Kyra's potential is a little bit more. Um, I, I will stick with Kyra Lewis Jr. And for the people that don't know Kyra's game that much, his jump shot improved in the two seasons he was at Alabama, specifically improved um, when Nate Oates got there, which is not too much of a shocker. He kind of, uh, you know, Nate Oates' teams spread the ball out, like to shoot threes. But I got to tell you what, there's not a lot of players that get to the rim quicker than Kyra Lewis Jr. That man can get to the basket. I think this would be a good pick. 
Yeah. Um. I see. I agree with you completely. I think Kyra. Lu- I really think Kyra Lewis has a chance to be a really good player in the league, especially like the speed that he plays at. I feel like he's built for today's NBA. I think he's one of the guys who's sleeping around in that area and could end up breaking out when he gets in the league. Um. The last pick of the Boston Celtics here. Last pick of the lottery. Um. I've had a lot of different opinions of what the Celtics should do here at this pick. Ultimately, one thing I don't think that wouldn't hurt them necessarily. Look, they definitely need a, a big man. Um, Isaiah Stewart, like you said earlier, wouldn't be a bad pick here. But I went with Tyrese Maxey, shooting guard from Kentucky. I feel like that Maxey is one of those guys who falls outside of the or who will, might end up falling outside of the lottery, but is definitely going to fall into the you know what I mean like that ten to twenty five area that has all-star potential. He's not that big, but he's a really good shooting guard. He's a sniper from deep. He proved in college he's ready for big moments to hit big-time shots. I think Maxie's a guy who has a really good game that translates well to the NBA. I think the Celtics take him here and kind of groom him to be one of their scorers off the bench. I'm actually – I'm going to stick with what you said in the beginning. I I think the big man is kind of the Celtics' need. I'm going to go with Jalen Smith from Maryland. Uh Big, tall, skinny dude out of Maryland. Jump shot got better and better. Um, he is a sophomore, so he's been in college for two years. I don't think the Celtics are going to – I think if they draft a big man, I think they're going to say, look, we need you to play defense. We need you to run the floor. I think Jalen Smith does that at a high level. He's a high-energy guy, loves the block shots in college, honestly makes it look easy when tra- when people try to post them up. He's another guy that might need to put a little bit more weight on him. That that chilling Boston cold might get to the skinny guy, but uh, I, I think Jalen Smith can really run the floor in Boston. Yeah, Jalen Smith wouldn't be a bad pick. I mean, they do have Taco Fall, and they do also have. Um, yeah, but is, is Taco? I mean, is he is he going to have a serious career? Is he going a guy that's going to play significant minutes? Do you think? Yes, yeah, I'm what I was not about to sold on that yet. Yeah, see, that's what I was about to say. Is they're still developing Taco Fall and Robert Williams. I definitely agree with you. I th- see, I think Taco is more a guy that's play like eight to ten minutes for you a night. I don't think he can really give you much more than that. Um, I liked what I saw from Robert Williams in the playoffs and look for him to keep building on that. See, I just feel like the Celtics are at the point they're at. They're going to try to go more of the route of getting a guy like a Tristan Thompson or someone like that to fill the void at big man. I feel like they have their two kind of, you know, developmental yeah. bigs. That's why I went with Maxi more for his scoring. But – Stewart's not a bad pick at all. You know, Stewart's one of those weird guys. He was, a, I believe, he was the third overall recruit in last year's class. Obviously, he's still pretty raw. I think he, I think Stewart would actually benefit from going to a team that's like a little bit farther down the board. They can afford to wait on him and can kind of, you know, has good player development and that he can go play behind someone who actually, you know, knows the position and can teach him some skills. So I felt, I don't know. I feel like Washington always gets all these high prospects and they do absolutely nothing with them, which one makes me want to question if they're even any good. I mean, the last one they had come out like this was Markel Fultz, and then two. It also makes me question their player development and if they're really pumping these guys out. I mean, if you're a top prospect, why do you keep choosing to go to Washington? They're not making the tournament with these guys, and they're not really doing much with them. I mean, I guess they were decent last, or two years ago when they had Thibault, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Stewart kind of wasted his, his potential going there. They had two five-stars go to Washington, and they and I was just talking about you can get to the tournament with one player. Washington couldn't even get to the tournament with two five-stars. They had Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels, so... I don't know what's going on out there, but I mean, you should—they should easily have been up there with the Pac-12 teams. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, kind of pathetic, honestly, how they couldn't be. I'm pretty sure they only—I'm pretty sure they were like way below 500 too. I remember they were pretty bad last year, and I thought they were going to be decent. Goes to show you though that if you can't—if you can't bring a team together, that you're not going to do anything with them, no matter what you have. 
Um, first off, I want to say this. It hurt me not to put Cole Anthony in the uh, in the lottery. I think he's one of the better players in this draft class who I think he's getting looked down on a little bit because he got injured and because he's smaller. I personally think the Magic, who pick at 15th, that he's the absolute perfect pick for the Magic. And if, I mean, if he's still on the board there in the Magic pick, I think they're licking their chops and don't even hesitate to pick Cole Anthony. Before we get out of here, though, Ben, I want to kind of talk. Let's talk about three players here who have a chance to be an all-star out of the lottery. We'll each pick a player here. Obviously, I didn't list these guys in the lottery. I know some of them might have a chance to go in there. The first guy I want to go with, though, is uh, Sadiq Bey from Villanova. I mean, he's 6'7", small forward, can shoot the ball. He can score at will. He plays defense. I think he's going to be a really good pro and fits well on a lot of these teams. I think he has a chance to make an, make the NBA all-star team as well while he's in here. I don't know if he will end up falling outside the lottery. I think there's a good chance he could. But I think wherever he goes, he's going to be a great player. And, I mean, I personally, if I was him, I'd rather go to a playoff team. He can get good minutes there and help him out. Am I crazy? Or has Villanova put out the 6'7 to 6'8 small forward guides these past couple drafts? I feel like it's the same player, right? No, it really so, is. He reminds me a lot of Bridges. Yeah, I mean, it's, and then they had uh, they had someone else. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, I, I – I think this kid has the chance to be good. I think oh, he is Pascal. Yeah, thank you. And I thought he was on a really bad Warriors team. I thought he showed that he belonged in the league. I I liked Pascal's game. Um, they also had Omari Spellman, who's a little bit more of a bigger guy, but you know, same kind of player. Um, I like that pick. I think Sadiq really could. I, I agree with you. I think he could benefit by going to a better team. Uh, I think he'll develop a little bit faster and. This kid can shoot the basketball. Yeah, I I agree with you completely on that one. He can he can spray the ball. I think he's gonna be a really good pro. He's fun to watch. Give me one of your guys, Ben. Yeah, I'm gonna go um, R.J. Hampton. I think that's an easy pick. Um, he was rated really really high. I mean, he was rated at one point to be battling Lamelo for the number one spot. He's kind of fallen a little bit. I don't know if he's gonna get out of the lottery. I think he's a guy that one he's a lefty, so you know I love him. But two. His athleticism and his uh, craftiness around the rim is something that you just can't teach. I, I think this is a kid that if he goes to a good team, makes an immediate impact on the offensive end. Yeah, I actually had him down there as one of my three as well. Um, like if he played in played college basketball in America, we might actually be talking about him. Like you said, you know, going as one of the top players in the entire draft. I think whoever gets him is going to end up getting a gym that falls down the board. I mean, he was the fifth overall recruit coming out of college, so it says enough right there about him falling down the board. Um, I'm going to go back to the guy I was just talking up, and that is Cole Anthony. Look, Cole Anthony was the number two prospect coming out of college. Yeah, he's 6'3". He looks smaller out there. I mean, this kid can play. When he came back for UNC from that injury, their season was pretty much over. He could have easily opted out and gone to the league, but he said, no, I want to come out here and play. Not only did he do that, but UNC actually played well for those games when he was back. And look, I know a lot of y'all probably didn't watch these UNC games, so you didn't see it. There's a game against Notre Dame that secured for me that he's going to be a good player in the NBA. He goes down and gets busted in the eye, and you kind of see, like, he has to go in the locker room, get it stitched up a little bit. He comes back out wearing a headband, like, over his eyebrow. It looked all funky. I was like, what's he doing at first? Like, oh, he's doing it to hide the bandages and everything. He was out there diving on the ground for loose balls, getting up in people, playing hard defense, got elbowed in the face even with that headband on and still didn't stop. That shows me that he's a dog and that he's a competitor and that there's no stopping him I think he's going to be a beast in this league and I personally think he's falling too far down the board just because of what people saw in college how disappointed they were with UNC I think Cole Anthony has great potential in this league I hate to do this but I I, I don't see it with him I, I just don't when, when you're this small I think 
you have to have an elite character trait with you. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is Cole's best, biggest strength? I think he's a leader, honestly. I mean, he got that UNC team to buy in and play hard when he came back. I mean, they looked awful when after he went down. I think they lost like seven or eight games in a row. But once he came back, it looks like his leadership helped this team rally. They had some big wins once he came back, and they played well. Also think he's a good passer and scorer. I think his game's going to get better, too, at the NBA level. He always posts on Instagram, him in there working. He's a hard worker, too. I just think he just kind of went there with a very untalented UNC team, and that's just the way kind of things went, you know? I mean, I hope I'm wrong because I like I like watching uh, the smaller guys in the league play, but I, I don't think he's going to be bad. But I don't I don't think he's going to live up to a player where his father was the number one overall pick. This kid was the one of the best high school players. Goes to play for a legendary Roy Williams. Honestly, I don't I don't see it. I think there's better point guards in the draft that I would rather have. I'm going to name one right now. I think Devon Dotson is one of the most underrated players in this entire draft. Let's talk about his strengths. First of all, his quickness. Fastest player in this draft, and it's probably not even close. This dude gets up and down the floor in a blink of an eye. I think his speed translates to getting to the hole in the NBA. Now, when you're that small, when you get to the rim, you're gonna you're you're amongst the trees. You gotta be crafty. He showed that in college. He makes plenty reverse layups. He shows good vision in the paint. I thought he matched up well as a teammate with um um uh, what's what's the big man's name from uh Azubuke, Azubuki. From, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of Azubukis in the NFL, uh, not the NFL, the NBA. I think Devon Dotson is a very, very good pick and roll player. And I don't think he needs to be this great jump shooter to succeed. I think he knows what his game is that's getting to the rim and uh, controlling the uh, game on a fast break. I think, I think he's a sleeper in this draft. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Ben. I definitely think Devon Dotson's a sleeper in this draft. I liked everything I saw from him in college ball. And, you know, this is a Kansas team that got out to a little bit of a rough start there for a little – I'm sure that's not a rough start, but they definitely hit a little he didn't, though. there in the middle. He didn't, no. though. He was putting up numbers. Yeah, when they lost to Azimbuki, he honestly stepped up and took his game to the next level, which is what you want to see out of a guy like Dotson. Just because that we both had R.J. Hampton, that was one of my three – I'm going to give you guys a guy who probably won't even get drafted that is being overlooked in this entire draft, and that is Miles Powell from um, from Seton Hall. First off, when he came in college, he was fat and out of shape. He lost about, I think he lost over 50 pounds while he was in college. When it took it, he went from there all the way to being up there for one of the players of the year. He won um, Big East Player of the Year. And look, I think Miles Powell, he brings a different intensity on the defensive end, but he can shoot the ball, he can create his own shot, he can do everything. I mean, it makes no sense to me how guys like him, like Kendrick Nunn, go undrafted in the NBA draft. I mean, I was a big, big guy for him getting drafted. I was, I mean, shoot, even when Isaiah Thomas got drafted in this last pick in the draft, I literally sat there and watched the entire second round of the draft because I wanted the Hawks to take him because I thought he'd be a good NBA player. I think you got the exact same thing here with Miles Powell. I'm not sitting here telling you guys he's going to be a superstar or anything. But I think he can be a beast in this league. And also, too, Marcus Howard from uh, Marquette. I don't know where he'll end up getting drafted, but I think he can definitely be a bucket off the bench as your seventh or eighth guy off the bench to come in and give you some points. I like those two a lot. We, You and I talk about those two guys quite often. I was a big, big fan of Marcus Howard from Marquette. I I honestly think he shows qualities of what Damian Lillard shows, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think, I think what we call a gunslinger of a version of a quarterback – I think that's Marcus Howard. I, I don't think you ever tell a kid like that to stop shooting. I think the more he shoots, the better he can get. I don't care if he's 0 for 12. Marquette was having him shoot balls from the logo. Um, 
the NBA he won't do that. But my third guy, I'm going to stick with the Washington boy we talked about. I'm going to stick with Jaden McDaniels. I think he's got a chance to go into the lottery, but I don't know if he showed enough in college. I, this is a small forward that can score the basketball. Uh, his defense needs to improve a little bit, but I don't I don't think he's going to struggle to score in this league. I think it really just kind of depends on what team he can go to. To be honest with you, if he was going to go in the lottery, I love him at the number 12 pick. I love him for that Kings pick. I think he fits in well with uh, De'Aaron Fox. I think he runs the floor well. I think he can mm-hmm. space out the floor and shoot it. I think his shooting needs to improve. I mean, I think you know all these rookies, I think they need to improve their game a little bit. I, I like Jaden McDaniels. Hey, I think that's a great pick there, Ben. I think it's going to be fun to watch. You know, there's always guys who end up popping outside of the outside of the lottery. That's why it's fun kind of speculate the lottery. I mean, I honestly think, though, there's going to be a lot of trading in this draft. Like I said, like, I really don't think LaMelo will fall to where I have him in the draft going. I just have him based off of need. I think that's the first time a team drafts that really needs a point guard outside of those picks. But it's going to be fun to watch on Wednesday night. I'm sure a lot will go down before then now that we're actually getting dates specified and everything. The NBA is coming back. Ben, you got anything else to say before we get up out of here? Yeah, just it, it'll be crazy. I'm gonna have my popcorn ready for this NBA draft. Woj will be tweeting away. He'll be talking away. Um, it, it'll be exciting. Um, we have, I mean, like every year, you know, the past couple of years, we we have some international prospects. I think those are always really exciting. Um, you know, I encourage everyone to really listen when the NBA analyst, uh, specifically the international guy, kind of talks about these guys. You can really learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid from Israel is supposed to be a stud. And you have Killian Hayes from France. We've seen point guards kind of come over who maybe their best attribute is not scoring. I think Killian Hayes falls into that category. I think he's a little bit better of a passer playmaker. And uh, I think it took Rubio a little more time than some NBA people wanted. He was having crazy. I mean, he was getting compared to like Chris Paul and like some of the best point guards there was. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm told those Killian Hayes will not be that. But same thing with Frank Nielakina. Uh, he hasn't been great for the Knicks, but he has improved every single year. Sometimes that happens with these international prospects. Um, so we'll see. It's it's always nice to have some international guys in the draft. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. Like you said, you know, couldn't be more excited for Wednesday night. I appreciate you helping me out once again, Ben. Yep, thanks, man. Hey, we'll be back on here again a couple again this week with some more football next week as well. We'll be keep on cranking out the podcast. Until then, we'll see y'all.